Park Hopping Podcast number 16. Another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan of DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, the podcast that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that, yes, anyone can have their own podcast. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, I talked a little bit about Disney's Virtual Magic Kingdom online multiplayer game for kids. And um, also before that, I talked about Disney's Fast Pass and mentioned that there'd be a second part of that. Well, this isn't that second part. This is actually something completely different. It's about December 14th, 2005. Now, we were in Anaheim, California, to visit Disneyland during the Christmas season. And this would make the third year in a row that we experienced Disneyland during the holidays and the tenth year of my return to Disneyland. You see, it was 1995, and I was still living in Texas, and I took a job with an Iowa computer company. My move north would introduce me to many things, such as snow and ice and corn. My new job would have me traveling a lot, and I found myself out in sunny Southern California in December of that year while my new home was covered in snow. But it was an apartment, so they cleaned that up for me, so I didn't have to actually buy a snow shovel until a few years later. Anyway, I was staying at a hotel down in Irvine, California, just down the road from Disneyland, and I'd gotten excited a few weeks earlier when I found out how close it was, and I actually called the hotel and asked them, how far away are you from the Disneyland park? Um, I was actually on an online service called Genie, uh, which was run by General Electric, G-E-N-I-E, and they had the Destination Florida Roundtable, which discussed things in Florida like Walt Disney World, and there was also a Disneyland topic. So that's how I'd been uh, getting really uh, built up about um, what was going on at Disneyland, the building of Indiana Jones and stuff like that. So here I found myself right down the road from this place I'd been following as much as I could for you know the previous year. And I would have never guessed that my move to Iowa would allow me to visit Disneyland as well as Walt Disney World so many times over the uh, following years. Now, I, I, re I still remember checking into that hotel and finding that the equipment we were renting was not there yet, which meant there wasn't anything I could do that night. So I took the rental car and a map, and I headed towards Anaheim. And I know that during the week I, I wouldn't have much time at the park since they were closing pretty early. I keep thinking it was like 6 or 7 o'clock, but that doesn't seem like it's right, but maybe it was 10 years ago. I hadn't been to Disneyland since the late 70s, and I was really excited to to visit it, even if it was just for an hour, you know. Um, I had already planned to buy an annual pass, since that would let me visit each evening after work, you know, for that hour. And, you know, I could hardly wait. I, I can still, man, right now I can feel the excitement of that trip. And I remember driving down the interstate and taking that exit to Disneyland, which was just a wonderful thing, except for the one time I took the exit and the traffic was so bad, I it took me like 20 minutes to get 10 feet past the sign that said Disneyland next exit. I remember that time, too. Anyway, it, there was nothing but like hotels and strip malls and, and to be honest, a pretty rundown looking dirty city. Washaterias and stuff. You know, I, I drove through it following the signs, and then, then I saw the Matterhorn in the distance, and I was like, oh, well, okay, I guess I am close. And then I drove right up to the Disneyland parking lot entrance. It was right there in the middle of this big rundown city, and I, I couldn't believe it. I'd spent so many summers visiting Walt Disney World. I, I guess I'd gotten used to the Florida Magic Kingdom being so isolated from the outside world. So that was a, a big shock to me, realizing that Disneyland was just in the middle of the city. Therefore, there were people that literally lived two blocks away that could just walk to Disneyland. 
Now, I don't remember a lot past this, but I do remember buying a pass from the old ticket booths that were up front and getting my picture taken, which I guess was in the bank of Main Street then. And I remember running down Main Street. I was determined to check out all these unique things that Disneyland had, which Disney World didn't. So I would at least get to do the new things if I didn't get to see the park much that week. And I I really wish I could remember what I did that trip and what I did first, but I I do remember how foreign the park was to me after being so used to Florida. This was back when Six Flags was running these TV ad campaigns, long before this Mr. Six guy was around. And they'd say that their parks, uh, they'd compare them to Disneyland, and they'd say things like, bigger than Disneyland and closer to home. And I always thought it was funny that that they'd always say this, and there'd be like an asterisk, and then there'd be a statement below it in small print that would go, except Astroworld. And Astroworld was the Houston theme park I grew up with in the 70s and 80s that Six Flags bought. And I guess it had smaller property, so it was the only Six Flags park that was smaller than uh, Disneyland. Um, But I digress! It's going to be on a t-shirt pretty soon, I think. Anyway, Disneyland really seemed huge to me because of how it was laid out and the curved paths and how complex, you know, New Orleans Square and all the way back to Critter Country was. And I remember running around trying to find things, and everything was wrong. Stuff was in the wrong places. The castle was small. And I was taking it all in, and at one point I even stopped a cast member and said, Bigger than Disneyland, my ass! And... I don't think he got the reference, which is strange because there's a Six Flags right up the road. Anyway, I remember taking it all in and and riding all the unique rides, getting totally blown away by the Indiana Jones adventure, which had just opened within like the past year for the 40th anniversary. I mean, talk about a freaking unbelievable experience. You just can't imagine what this was like. Nothing had ever been built like that before, and I never thought I'd find rides with queue areas longer and fancier than Pirates of the Caribbean or Space Mountain in Florida. But this indie thing, man, I, I can't even begin to describe what the whole experience was like. I mean, this was back when indie would get lines that were three or four hours long. The Jungle Cruise skippers would even make a joke of it. You know, Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Four-Hour Line instead of Forbidden Eye or whatever. You know, and they'd go all the way through the full indie queue back then and then use the upper level of the Jungle Cruise building. Then it would go across uh, Adventureland and extend all the way up Main Street. I mean, it was just amazing. There was actually little signs like they have now, stay to your left, stay to your right phantasmic viewing you know on the little post and it actually it'll actually tell you where the line to indiana jones was and this thing would be at the end of main street just it's hard to believe i mean the last time i stood in the line that long was uh for rocket rods when it first opened during the um 1998 tomorrowland thing and that boy that could be a podcast of its own Anyway, I remember checking out the California versions of things I loved, like Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion, and finally seeing so many things that I remembered from my youth, but I'd never found in Florida. You know, like the skeletons drinking the bottles and drinking from the bottles and pirates. You know, in that hallway with the changing portraits and the bus that followed you that you could, you know, you could be right up close to. You know, they just didn't have that in Florida. And I, I found that huge well in Fantasyland that, you know, I, I remembered from a kid, but couldn't find in Florida. I seriously can't even describe all the flashback memories visiting Disneyland in 1995, you know, brought back to me. And in a way, it's kind of sad because a lot of things I remembered, you know, were already gone. 
Um, Adventure Through Inner Space had already closed. The monorail and cable cars were gone. I think the monorail, you know, I mean, sorry, not monorail. Geez, the cable cars and the people mover. I'm going to get letters on that. Um, I think that the uh, the hole in the Matterhorn was still there where the cable cars went through, but maybe the post had already been taken down by December 95. I don't remember that. But I do remember when they sealed up the hole in the Matterhorn. That was in the last 10 years. Anyway, in the years after 95, I got to visit California a lot. There were just a few months after this first visit, and I was uh, teaching a class down in San Diego, and I looked it up. I knew it was about 90 miles to get to Anaheim, and I knew that Disneyland was closing early, but on one night I drove north hoping to get there in time to spend at least a half an hour before the park closed. And that night the park actually stayed open an extra hour, so it was just perfect. And those days were just truly magic. I mean, annual pass holders even had special parking right up front down from the Club 33 parking. I remember taking a photo of that Club 33 parking sign and finding that door in the theme park, which was just a big secret before the Internet came along and you could find, you know, 360-degree virtual photo tours and video of copies of the menu online. Anyway, I guess these days the Club 33 folks probably park with the rest of us out in the, the parking structure or something. Man, all these memories. That's not even what I was going to talk about. Anyway, <clears throat> December 14th, 2005. We were there, and the park was opening later than I would have liked, but we tried to show up early each morning in case they would let us go down to the end of the main street uh, before the official opening of the rest of the park. On the weekend days when the park was opening at 8 a.m., there was no early entry. On other mornings, they had special early entry for resort guests and certain ticket holders, and they'd let those folks in an hour early, then we'd get in 30 minutes or even less before the opening, and they'd have the uh, left side of Main Street um, roped off, and they'd let the early entry people go down there and then go to whatever land they had open. Um, anyway, one morning they didn't even let us into the parking structure until about 30 minutes before opening, so, you know, you just got to try it, and that's what we did every day. On the days that we could get in early, our tradition was me going to get a locker where we'd store jackets and camcorder equipment, whatever, and while the other would go, and she'd go get a huge cinnamon roll or two from the bakery. After I got the locker, I'd stop by the market house and pick up a couple of coffees, and that's really neat because they'll give us free refills all day long if you keep the receipt, so there's something free at Disneyland. And then I'd head to the front porch, and we'd eat our cinnamon rolls and drink our coffee for breakfast, waiting for... The Christmas rope drop.
Man, I just love that place. Uh, I, you can't really hear it, but towards the end of this audio clip, you can hear our favorite security guard, uh, Robert, say, no running, which he seems to say every time I'm around at the end of Main Street during a rope drop. Hmm. Well, hopefully uh, I can make another trip back before the annual pass expires in July this uh, this year, 2006. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to sort through a couple of hours of video that I shot, trying to capture some things that, you know, might not be there. You know, made sure to try to tape the Aladdin show since they don't seem to say no videotaping anymore like they were doing when it first started. So that's kind of neat. See what else I can dig up for this podcast. Well, anyway, the next time you're there, be sure to take an extra picture and shoot some extra video, record some extra audio, because you never really know when something you like, love, or hate, like a rope drop on Main Street, is going to go away and never be around again. On that note, I think it'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit DisneyFans.com, where you can browse over 25,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, including Iowa's very own Adventureland Park, and also dozens and dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks, including lots of stuff in 3D, so you can sit at your computer, wear those red-blue glasses, and people around you will think you're a goober. And if you want to drop me a note, my email address is alan, that's A-L-L-E-N, at DisneyFans.com. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 16, Christmas Rope Drop. Thanks for listening. Another Crappy Podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting <sighs> podcasts. Hmm.